Welcome to Church Unfiltered with Dr. Anthony Cops, a leadership podcast brought to you by Breakthrough Ministry Consulting. Hello, once again, you have tuned in to Church Unfiltered, and I am your host, Dr. Anthony Cobbs. We are praying for you, hoping that all is going well, even as this continued quarantine goes on into its second and third month. We are praying that everybody is doing well, that your family is healthy and strong. Uh, We, of course, are brought to you by Breakthrough Ministry Consulting. We are here to help churches, pastors, ministry leaders to be able to help those that they serve. So if you are in need of any assistance with ministry development, with strategy, with uh, planning, even in preparation for the post COVID post Corona season, uh, we invite you to and encourage you to get in touch with us. You can email us at info at breakthroughonline.org. And uh, we will be happy to talk to you about some consulting or coaching in order to help you with your ministry needs. Today is a special day. I want to introduce something. Uh, this is our eighth episode and I'm just excited about the response that we have gotten for Church Unfiltered thus far. People have been blessed by uh, the the subject matter and how candid we have been in the different topics that we have discussed over these episodes. But today I want to introduce another segment, if you will, or another type of um, segment for the month. And it's really just focusing in on millennials in Generation Z. And uh, every second Monday of the month, I want to dedicate to our millennials in Generation Z and just see how we can reach them, how we can better hear from them and better, better implement some programs and and um, and ways to be able to reach the church, being able to reach the generations that maybe have been elusive in times, times past. But in this post Corona season, we especially want to make sure that we are hearing from our millennials in Generation Z. Let me give the definition. Let me give uh, the parameters of what I mean by millennials in Gen Z. Millennials are those who are born between 1980 and 1994, 1980 and 1994. Now you see, you may see some different numbers, different years in different research that is done, but those are generally the years that we acknowledge those who are considered to be millennials between 1980 and 1994. Generation Z are those that were born between 1995 and on. I happen to be the father of three millennials and one Generation Z, so I am just immersed in in researching and trying to figure out uh, millennials and Generation Z so I can make sure that I am speaking to and ministering to my own children uh, according to where they are. And that's important for the church as well. We need to understand our young adults and really they are they're not even as young as we may perceive them to be. Some of them are in their 40s. And at this point uh, in 2020, that would make some of them 40 and, and 41 or so. And so we want to encourage you. We want to encourage you, ministry leaders, pastors, to make sure that you don't think of this as the teenagers or the youth ministry. That's not who millennials and and. Even some of Gen Z are the oldest Gen Zers are my daughter's age, which is 21 years old. She is 21 years old. And so that is the oldest Gen Z. And so we need to make sure that we eliminate that first and foremost. Here's what I did. This is what I did. I asked a group of millennials and Gen Z. It was a group of them together. I asked them to provide me with questions that they have 
of the church, about the church, for the church. I told them, just have at it. Don't don't feel hindered whatsoever. Just ask me some questions. Just provide me some questions that you have for the church. Needless to say, <laughs> the floodgates opened up and they began to ask questions and send me questions and inbox me and text me all sorts of questions in relation to the church, how it functions, things that they wanted to ask, but, but were afraid to ask or were hesitant to ask out of respect. And so they sent me over 60 plus questions that they have for the church. This is why I wanted to make sure that this episode is dedicated to millennials and, and we'll do this each month. We want to make sure because the questions that arose in, in this, this impromptu survey that I did, this impromptu ask, uh, to, to tell them to send the questions to me. The questions that arose were just pretty remarkable. I want to share a few of these questions. Then we're going to get into one specific question that was asked. One of the things that was asked is why is sin? I need you to, I need all the pastors to hear this question. Why is sin rarely called out and preached about from the pulpit? Why is sin and they, and they put sin in all capital letters. Why is sin rarely called out and preached about from the pulpit the insinuation there being that many of the things that that are that are preached and taught from the pulpit are not specifically dealing with sin not specifically dealing with sin listen i have in the, in my hands i have 60 questions that tip really could be 60 different podcast episodes we're going to look at several of these different questions and examine these but i wanted you to hear some of the questions and the mindset of of the question of the of the questions that are still in the minds of millennials and Gen Z, because they want to know this. So pastor, ministry leader, church member, these young, young adults, these adults want to know the answers to so many questions. And, and, the, and the reality is, have we even asked them that question that I asked is, is, you know, do you have any questions for the church? Do you have any questions for church leadership? Have we done that? Have we even done that? And we'll talk about that in a moment. In a moment. Here's another one. Another of the questions. Here's another question. So one of the questions was, why is sin really called out and preached about from the pulpit? Here's another one. Why don't church? Why don't we talk about in church the amazing act of sex? its purpose and the response God intends for it to have. Why don't we talk about sex? And now again, we, we, we see different churches that may have a, a special series on sex, but that may be once a year, if that, but these folks are saying, why don't we talk about this more? And I just want to say to you all, this is church unfiltered. I'm just going to say to you all pastors, ministry leaders, those who are listening, the young adults need you to talk about sex. They need you to talk about it and put it in the proper perspective to make sure that they are that they are operating according to God's will and not outside of God's will. So that was that was another question. We'll, we'll, again, these are things that you can talk about that you can deal with with your young adults. But I want to give you a few more. And then again, we'll get into one specific one. Here's another one. Here's one. Here's one. Why are some people quick to judge, hate on or throw shade when we all have different assignments that only one individual can accomplish? Why is there a competition mindset in the church? 
That's a long question. But why is there a competition mindset in the church? Wow. I mean, this is something you could do a study with your young adults. You could take them through. I mean, you look at Corinthians. That's what Paul was dealing with, with the church at Corinth when they were trying to say, my gift is better than your gift. And this gift is better than that gift. And he was that people were literally competing with each other. That's something that our young adults, these millennials and Gen Z, this is a question that they submitted. Why do we still see that? Why do we still see competition in the church? Incredible, incredible question. Something that you ought to consider having a discussion with with your young adults. And then here's another one. Why do you have to live a church life and a regular life outside of church in order to to be embraced by church people? Why do you have to live a church life and in a regular life outside of church in order to be embraced? In other words, what they're saying is what they're saying. And I remember I I followed up with this person. They're, They're saying that there's two different lives being led. It's one life in church and then there's a life outside. So people may have fun and kick it, have a good, good time outside. But then when they come to church, they act holy and hands up in the air and everything like that. And it seems as if they're, they're, they're not engaging in any of the things that they engaged in outside. So I think that that is tied into another question or several questions, several questions came up related, relating to hypocrisy in church, hypocrisy in church, the whole concept, the whole idea of, of people putting on a show that word hypocrisy that word comes from those you bible scholars and etymologists know that uh that the word hypocrisy is an acting word it talks about acting basically it's suggesting that people put on masks and uh and that's what happens sometimes with people they put on a mask and they pretend to be something that they are actually not And that is so important for us to think about that these millennials and Gen Zers are watching us and they're paying attention. And they're saying, you don't act like that at home. You don't act like that outside of church. Why are you acting like that in church? And so that's a great concern. So so think of these questions. I just gave you some some examples of some questions that that the millennials and Generation Zers gave to me. But I want to I want to I want to point out one in particular, this one in particular that, that I want to, um, that I want to point out. And, and this is it. I I like, I like this one. I like this one. There's so many of them. It's so, so they're so good. Um, uh, here, here's, here's one, here's one. I'm gonna throw another one in there. I'm gonna throw another one in there. Here's one. Are church people more selfish than street people? Are church people more selfish than street people? Wow. What a question. What a question. What a question. And it's something that we can we can look into. But I want to make sure that that listener, that person, if they are listening to this particular podcast, um, I, I think that it depends on individuals you bump into. I'm not trying to a- answer the question exhaustively, but off the cuff, I would say it depends on the people you bump into. There's selfish people in church and there's selfish people on the street. You're going to bump into folks who are hypocrites in church. You're going to bump into hypocrites out of church. You're going to bump into people who are mean and nasty in church. You'll bump into people who are mean and nasty outside of church. Just because people are in church or they are members of a church does not mean 
that they are perfect. We have to make sure we understand that. But the thing that is being insinuated that I need us to get is that young adults, millennials, Generation Z, they are holding us accountable, saying that it's no longer good enough to just say we're not we're not perfect. It's no longer good enough for you to say that, hey, I just messed up. I'm just a man. I'm just a woman, whatever. It's no longer good enough for them. And that's what is what is being insinuated in these questions that I all these 60 questions that I received from from different folks is that they are saying we want something more. We want something that is more integrity with more integrity and more above board. We want someone to lead us who is going to be transparent and is going to make sure that they are above board. So very important for us to, to think about that. So let's get into the Let's get into the content that comes from one of these questions. One of these questions. It is simply this. How can we strengthen the bond between the current church and the church of the future or young adults or youth? How can we strengthen the bond between the current church, the current church and millennials or Generation Z? I want to suggest to you that it doesn't matter whether your church is 100 years old or or even a newer church, there are a few things that we want to consider in trying to reach millennials or Generation Z. Now, I'm doing this today, but I just have a sneaky suspicion that this may even carry over into another episode because I want to bring some millennials on to Church Unfiltered. I want to bring them on the next time, but I want to give you an opportunity to think about a few different things. Here's a few things in order to try to reach millennials. Here's a couple of things I want to suggest. You have to ask and be ready to answer the tough questions. You have to ask tough, tough questions and be ready to answer tough questions. What did I do? What did I I started this entire episode off by saying that I began to ask questions and I told them, do you have any questions that you want to ask of me? One of the most difficult steps in reaching millennials is for church leaders to examine the church's structure and style. Now we have an opportunity since we're out here where in some of us out here, some churches have already started going back. But now that we are out here, we have a chance to really examine the structure and style of the church. And you have to be willing to ask tough questions. The bottom line is, pastor, ministry leader, that some of our churches, some of our ministries are not conducive to. Uh, to to be welcoming to millennials and Generation Z, and they are simply not engaged. They are simply not engaged. You have to be willing to ask the tough questions, but then you also have to be willing to answer tough questions. These questions that I have, I have sixty questions. Some of them, some of them are a lot more complex than the examples that I gave, and I have to take time to be able to do that. That's really the essence of discipleship. Do you are you willing to take the time to sit down with young people and be able to or young adults or young professionals, young families, and be able to walk them through some of the questions that they have. You have to be willing to ask and to answer tough questions. Number two, this another thing that you can do to to reach millennials. Another thing you can do, you can consider, especially in the post covid, post corona era, consider starting a contemporary service. A contemporary service that caters directly to or towards millennials and Generation Z. Let's face it. Let's be honest. 
most of our services, especially in certain demographics, certain cultures, most of our services are designed for people who are 40 plus or 50 plus or really designed for the age range of the pastor. Typically, your service is designed for the age range of the pastor within 10 years, 10 years older, 10 years younger. Outside of that, you're probably missing the people in that demographic, in that range. So that means that if you have a 40 year old pastor, He's probably reaching 50 year olds and 30 year olds, but he probably is not reaching the teenagers and maybe, maybe depending on the person and probably not reaching the 70 year old because that 70 year old may look at him as still a kid. And and again, that's a perfect example because that person would be a millennial. A 40 year old pastor would be a millennial. And so it's important to consider that and understand that maybe you ought to think about even in this in this Corona season, think about starting a contemporary service or when you maybe even think about changing your entire service to be more contemporary. That does not mean that you all of a sudden now you have to start singing music that is total opposite of what you do right now because you want to be authentic. I know churches that are trying to do it. They're trying to sing they're 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 trying to sing CCM or they're trying to sing gospel or they're trying to sing and that's not really who they are. And you've got to make sure that you understand what is what is your strength, what is your gift, what is your church's strength and gift and stick with that. But you want to pass some contemporary elements in there if you want to attract millennials and Generation Z, most of us want our children to be able to go to church. We want our children to be active and serve in church. Ask yourself this question. But the way that church is set up right now, do you think if you were removed and, and all of us have our day and we'll we'll be gone out of here? Do you think the way it is currently that your children will enjoy service and enjoy the way that things are running now and be able to carry it on for generations to come for the next generation. I think that if we really begin to examine and look at it, some of the things that we do are nostalgia from how we grew up. Some of the things that we do are our own preference. And we're going to talk about preferences in our next episode. We're going to talk about church preferences. We're going to talk about that. But because many of the things that we do is our preference. There's no strategy behind it. There's no there's no rhyme or reason that we're doing it. There's no data that base that is the reason we are doing this is based upon data. A lot of times we do things out of our own preference. We just want to do it. We do it. We choose to do it. But I want to just suggest that starting a contemporary service might be a way to reach millennials in Generation Z. Then the third thing you want you might want to look at is identifying causes to support Many of our millennials and Generation Z are not turned on by music ministries and 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 certain type of preaching and all that, all that kind of thing. They are turned on by what is the church doing to help the community? What is the church doing to help those that are disenfranchised, those that are hurting, those that that are in need? We've had something this week. We've had uh, we, we've had uh, so many different things. We got. Uh, the pandemic that is happening and people are in need of food. We have the record number unemployment and people need to eat and they need resources. And our young adults, our millennials, our Generation Z are looking at the church and saying, what is the church doing in the meantime? And so it's important for us to make sure that they could, they care about certain causes. Here's the thing about that. 
that some of the causes that they care about may challenge your theology, may challenge the way that you think, because many of our millennials and our Generation Z, their cause may be equal rights for all. Their cause may be gender equality. If your church is not ready to handle that, you need to make sure that you get ready to have the conversations that you need to have with your Gen Z and your millennials, the people who are supposed to take the baton. You need to make sure that you understand where they are and they understand what you have been teaching and understand the, ch the stance of the church. But you've got to identify causes to support. We just had recently, we just had, of course, uh, in February, February, and we know that uh, there was a, a shooting that took place in Georgia of Ahmad, Ahmad Arbery, and, and that became viral just recently. Just, that became viral as a video surfaced. And so many people jumped on board for this cause. People jumped on board for this cause. Millennials and Generation Z were looking to see the church. Is the church going to say something about this? Are the leaders going to say something about this? They want to make sure that they support a church that supports causes. Here's 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 the last thing I'm going to I'm going to talk about. It's important for you if you want to reach millennials, you need to be strategic and in your ministry, if you have the resources to do it. But even if you don't, you could do it on a volunteer basis to hire millennial staff to hire staff members who are millennials and Generation Z. You need to be intentional about it. As a church consultant, I can tell the makeup of the church. I can get an idea of the makeup of a church when I look at its staff. For instance, if a church claims to be multicultural, if a church claims to be multicultural and they have they have a variety of people on the stage singing, they have a variety of people on the stage visible in videos. But then I look at their staff and their staff is all African-American or all white or all Hispanic. I look at their staff and I say, how is it that you claim to be multicultural, but you are not you are not even exercising that in your structure. And so I look at things like that. So then let me think about this. If you say that you want to re reach millennials, you want to reach Generation Z. But then I look at your staff and everyone is over 40 or everyone is over 50. You're telling me something. You're letting me know that that's not really your highest priority. Even if I look at your volunteer leaders, and this is a big one. This may get somebody, even your volunteer leaders. I'm, I'm talking about volunteers. I'm talking about people who are in position. If I look at your volunteer, if you lined up all your volunteer leaders and all of them are gray, all of them are older. I mean, now I'm not knocking that. That's wonderful. Listen, I'm gray. I'm older. I'm one of you now. And so that's great. I'm all that's awesome. But here's the thing that sends a message. It sends a message that we are here. We are in position and we're not looking to. To, to, to change that anytime soon. And so if I don't see any 20 somethings, 30 somethings, and even 40 something, if I don't see that, then I'm going to think that your church, your ministry is, is narrow and focused in on only those who are of a certain age. You have to be intentional about hiring or recruiting people, young adults, 20 somethings, 30 somethings, 40 something. If you want to change the dynamic of your church and really want to come across as authentic that you are trying to reach millennials in Generation Z, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to stop right there with those with those four things. 
I'm going to stop right there because I think it's important for us to digest, to digest that. And what we've talked about this so, so far in this episode, so far, we've talked about the the questions that that arose. We have I gave you several examples of questions that arose from the millennials and gener, generation Z group that I uh, that I surveyed. But then I the question came up is how can we make a connection? How can we make a connection between the current church and the church of the future? First and foremost, I want to say, or not first and foremost, but I want to say in summary, let me say that in summary, stop calling them the church of the future. They are adults. They are the church of now. These are your 20 somethings, 30 somethings, 40 somethings. These are working people. These are people who are raising families. They are not kids. They are not young people, as we, we sometimes call them in our church. We'll say young people. And we're that's that's lumping them together with the teenagers and the kids. And and they have their own issues and things that they need to deal with. But the young professional families, the young adults, the millennials, Generation Z, they are adults. They are adults. They are contributing members of society and contributing members of your church. In order for you to connect with them, you have to look at them differently. In order for you to connect with them, you have to respect them for who they are. Very important for us to think about that. Very important for us to to ask the tough questions and be willing to answer tough questions. If you truly want to reach them, then I'm going to look at your staff. I'm going to look at your volunteer team. I'm going to look to see. If you're serious about reaching millennials in Generation Z, then I need to see them in your in your staff meetings. I need to see them in your leadership meetings. Those individuals that doesn't mean replace those who are older. That means balance it, make some balance there. And so that would send a message that is totally different than what is being sent nowadays. You have a chance to do it now. You're coming back from the Corona quarantine and all of this. You have a chance to restructure everything in your church. Don't forget about the millennials in Generation Z, because if you forget about them now, they will forget about you in the future. Make sure that you put them first and you hand that baton off to them and say, now you can run. It's not in the future. You can run right now. God bless you. We thank you for tuning in to Church Unfiltered on today. Listen, I love millennials and Generation Z, and we're going to talk some more about that. That next episode, we're going to look at some church preferences that you should not take into post-corona era, some church preferences and our personal preferences. But look, at if you have any questions, email us at info at breakthroughonline.org, info at breakthroughonline.org. If you have some questions about some millennials or about Generation Z or about reaching them, please feel free to email us there and we'll be happy to uh, get you some resources that are available. There's so many things out there dealing with ministry to millennials. And uh, and if there's anything else that you need, make sure you email us there at info at breakthroughonline.org. Make sure you subscribe 
If you have not already subscribe here to this podcast so you don't miss an episode, tell a friend about it. Send this to a pastor, send this to a ministry leader and let them know about Church Unfiltered. God bless you and God keep you until we meet again. Thank you for listening to Church Unfiltered with Dr. Anthony Cobbs. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. For more resources related to today's topic, visit churchunfiltered.com or follow Dr. Anthony Cobbs on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you.